Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Once again, to the Ramley Matters Podcast, I am Ishmael Sistrunk, the Executive Director of Communications, and with me today, I have a special guest, Dr. Tanya Patton, the Assistant Superintendent of Student, School, and Community Services. Hello, everybody. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Patton. We've been talking about this for a while, and while I know... Uh, that you want to talk about a new initiative that we have coming to Riverview Gardens High School. Uh, First, as I like to do on the Bramley Matters podcast, is introduce our guest uh, to our community. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your experience in education, and how you came to Riverview Gardens School District? Absolutely. So I have been in education approximately 30 years. Um, I've spent that time at private schools, public schools. Um, I started in a private school in St. Louis. I went on to Peoria Inner City and taught at one of my favorite schools there, Harrison School. And then I moved to Edwardsville, Illinois, where I spent the last 20 years um, up till 1920. Uh, I was in Edwardsville. Three or four of those years was as a teacher. And then the last 16 years I spent as a, as a principal at two of their elementary schools. Um, I came here in 2021 and into this position as Assistant Superintendent of Student Schools and Community Service. And uh, this is just right up my alley because a lot of the schools, both of the schools that I served, I created a community type school. So we were supporting our students. We were supporting our parents as well as the community. So this particular opportunity came and I could not resist it. And so here I am. I am in my third year in this position and I am happy to be here. And we are happy to have you. Uh, you definitely, I think, stand out in the community. Uh, you go, you got an award a little while back from the Urban League mm-hmm. uh, Women of Excellence Gala, I believe. And so yes, congratulations I for that. I was very grateful for that. Um, and in the two or three years I've been here for them to notice the work and, and see the work that is being done in Riverview Gardens, I very much appreciate that. And a little fun fact, you are probably the most often uh, staff member who is confused with our superintendent, Dr. Pruitt Adams. <laughs> Everywhere I go, hey, hey, Dr. Adams, uh, Pruitt Adams. I'm like, okay, wait, no, I'm Tanya Patton. Uh, but yeah, we are often confused, but that's a compliment. So I'm okay with that. I'll answer to that as well. So Birds of a feather flock together. Yes, we do. <laughs> so what exactly does uh, the assistant superintendent of student school and community services do? Like, what are some of the initiatives that your uh, department oversee? Um, 
So I think the largest initiative that we've done over the since I've been in this position is implementing the restorative process as well as the trauma-informed. So when I came, I looked at our suspension rate, and our suspension rate in Riverview Gardens is quite high. So it told me that we needed a better understanding of the community that we served. So working with our district intervention interventionist, Deirdre Liddell, she and I uh, did a lot of trauma Well, we contracted with Alive and Well to come in and do a lot of trauma-informed training for our staff. So all of last year, twice a month, our staff was trained in trauma-informed practices. As we moved into this year, we hired nine restorative justice personnel. We brought in some trainers for them. Um, and so we have three restorative justice personnel at both of our elementary schools and then three at our high school. So our attempt there is to have our students, instead of suspending them and sending them home, put them in a restorative environment where they can work out their differences with whomever they had a disagreement with and hopefully be able to stay in school. So uh, what we've noticed is that there has been a slight reduction in the suspension rate of our school district um, we are hoping that as this goes on and students become more aware of it, um, that we can reduce our suspension rate uh, much more. What I think is great is that students are now requesting the restorative process. So they've got a disagreement that they feel will turn into a fight. And instead of just going with that, they are actually reaching out to their building principals as well as the restorative personnel in our buildings and saying, hey, I need a restorative circle with this particular person. So we are training them to ask for help. And our ultimate goal is to train them to to be um, to to do their own restorative circle with with friends to be able to support their friends in restoring relationships so that it doesn't have to get to the physical fight that it has been um, over the last few years. Right. So it sounds like the key to the restorative piece is uh, to allow people to have conversations, mm -hmm. to have interactions, um, you know, that are preventative or even if it's after a fight that they talk out those issues to help prevent that from happening uh, in the future. Yes. What you'll see if you look at the suspension rate is that it's, the suspensions are students who are fighting over and over. Right. And so we can hopefully kind of get them in a restorative circle so they can understand you know, how they're showing up in an environment and how that may be provoking how they take things as opposed to, you know, giving them a different way of taking something. And then if there's a misunderstanding, let's talk about it. Let's, let's, uh, let's sit down at a table and have a discussion, get in a circle and let's talk about it so that we are not hurting each other because that doesn't resolve anything. And, uh, we want to keep them in our school environment as much as possible. So we are hopeful that these last two years of trauma informed training, as well as restorative justice, uh, will help to create an environment where students are, uh, our voices are heard and they feel valued and they feel, uh, important. I'm a true believer that you love and nurture children first, and then you educate them. Uh, children will not learn uh, where they don't where, where they're not valued. So we have to make sure that they feel valued. They're a part of the process. Their voices are heard, um, and then we can keep them in our schools. Right, and the restorative piece is not only for our scholars, uh, but also staff can be involved. Right, Absolutely. parents. 
uh, are involved in those. Right. We brought parents in, and parents have participated in the restorative circle with their students, mm-hmm. um, and that has helped to reduce the um, you know the the fighting of the same students over and over. Uh, parents being a part of this process is very important, and pulling them back into our schools so that their voice is heard and they have a seat at the table is you know if we can get to the parents, we can get to the students, and so our goal is to. Um, bring our parents into those restorative circles, and they have participated, and teachers have participated in the restorative process. So um, it is it is a community wide uh, response to reducing our suspension rate, but larger than that, giving our students skills to um, to be able to talk things out, and right. even if you agree to disagree, like let's just agree to disagree doesn't have to always turn into a physical altercation. So uh, it is our hope that along with what I'm going to talk about today um, and some of the grants, which I'll tell you about in just a second, uh, it is our hope that we um, more than reduce our suspension rate, just equip our students with skills that will, that will take them through their lives and how to, how to, uh, you know, show up in environment, how to discuss differences and how to uh, not end up in a physical altercation right. simply because we have a disagreement. Right. Yeah. You you can't go too far uh, unless you're a, a boxer or a UFC fighter uh, <laughs> throwing hands every no, time you have a disagreement. No, we can't. So so, so if you and I are going to have a restorative circle as soon as this is over. <laughs> because, <laughs> no, but, but that's true. You can't go too far in life if that's how you're showing up. You can't show up in right. conflict. Um, you have to show up being able to hear, listen, respond, and then agree to disagree. And that's Absolutely. okay. And you mentioned earlier uh, the importance of community engagement. So yes. a shout out to Tierra Armin. Uh, she was on the podcast. So if you have not listened to that episode, go back and listen. But uh, she works under your department and is a critical piece in terms of just bringing parents back into the district. So parents, we want you, we need you uh, involved. uh, So definitely make sure that you connect with us on that level. Parents, we need you. We need need you. you. Uh, But pivoting to why we're here uh, today, the main topic that we were going to talk about is uh, yonder bags. Mm -hmm. And so that is something that is coming to the district uh, for parents or scholars who are not familiar with yonder bags. Uh, you may have seen them if you've gone to any concerts or comedy shows. It is a a pouch, uh, I'll say, where students or scholars will put their phones in as they come into uh, the high school building. Uh, this initiative is going to begin a little bit after spring break. Uh, but Dr. Patton, can you tell us a little bit about the yonder pouches and how Uh, the district came to the decision to uh, pilot the program at the high school. So when you look at the suspension rate at Riverview Gardens, you have to, uh, it is more than student behavior. Uh, What environment are we creating for them? Is that an environment where they feel valued and important and heard? And so along with some of the things that we've already spoken about with the restorative and the trauma-informed, We also have received a grant called the Project Aware Grant that will help with the social-emotional support of our students. And we recently submitted a grant called the OSSS Grant in conjunction with UMSL University. 
um, to bring in more counselor social workers because we understand that uh, much of what is happening in our community is social emotional support of our students. And so uh, along with some of the things that we've done and some of the things that are coming, we will be introducing this year the Yonder Pouches. So as, as you have already said, the Yonder Pouches are pouches that students will put their phone in, the phone, uh, the case locks automatically, and the student will carry their phone with them throughout the school day. However, they're not able to use it unless there is an emergency. And so we're making our school a, a, a phone-free space uh, so that we can improve teaching and learning. Uh, using this system, um, we believe that we will, a lot of the, well, let me say this first, a lot of the issues that occur in our buildings are are coming from cell phones and social media. So oftentimes an argument or a disagreement starts on social media or in a text. And then, you know, the only common space that students have is their school. Um, so a, a, a student who may live on one side of the district and another student who lives on the other side, their only common space is the school. And so if there's a disagreement, they often use the school building to work out that disagreement. And so we are hoping that we can reduce the, the amount of fights that are occurring, the amount of suspensions by introducing the yonder bags into our uh, high school this year and then our middle schools next year. So yonder bags are used in over a thousand schools uh, in, in across 21 countries, um, and it's just a secure a pouch that they can secure their phone. Um, there are yonder the yonder organization recently did a, a survey of the schools that are using their phone to find out. Uh, or not their phones, but their pouches to find out how what is happening, mm -hmm. what results have they seen. And so some of the results that they've reported is that 65% of the schools saw an improvement in academic performance. Mm -hmm. Now, that's huge for Riverview right. Gardens because we are a provisionally accredited school, and our goal is to get back to, to full accreditation. Right. Um, and so if we can have an impact of 65% of our of academic academic performance improving, that would be huge for us. 74% of the schools saw an, uh, an, improve, um, an improvement in student behavior, and then 83% of the schools saw more student engagement in the classroom. And so those are the things that we are looking for uh, to impact our school district. So we want to remove the cell phones you know, students are using them. Ish, I could take a picture of you right now and airdrop it to anyone within a certain radius right. of me, and it could be hundreds of, of students. And so if it's an embarrassing picture like ha like has been done on at least two occasions, you know, those students, um, the picture was airdropped, and before that student could get back into the hallway, um, Everyone had a picture of that particular student. Um, it was an inappropriate picture. It was taken in a restroom, and it should not have been taken. Uh, we also know that many of our students are arranging fights using their cell phones. So I'm going, like I told you, you and I are going to have a restorative process <laughs> after this. Um, I can send my friends a text to let them know, you know, right. at 1130, I'm going to go in the lunchroom and I'm going to punch this student. I need you there to record the fight. And so many of our students are recording fights to upload to a fight web page. And their objective is to get as many likes as they can. Right. Um, and so we have just got to 
Riverview Gardens have, have we've got to get back to focus focusing on the education of our students and get away from um, the social media and the cell phones and the distraction that that's playing within our schools. Yeah, and it's one. It's not just Riverview Gardens. We're seeing Absolutely. schools around the country that are having uh, issues with this problem, and just in general, we see society is moving towards. Uh, like you said, social media and attention. And when scholars are in school, you know, they should be learning. Uh, we're trying to make sure that it is a a learning environment. Uh, you can do, there's nothing wrong with social media. It's a great tool, um, but it's not necessarily for use during the school day uh, unless there's an educational purpose. Mm-hmm. What I would ask, so a lot of our parents' concern will be, well, if my student, if my, my son or my daughter can't access their cell phone during the day, what if there's an emergency, if I need to get in touch with them? Uh, we all know that uh, there are unfortunate instances happening uh, in schools where people are, are coming to schools to portray act of, acts of violence. So how can you ensure to parents or uh, just relax their nerves about not being able to reach their children at any given moment? So a, a couple of things. So one of the things that we have embarked on as a school district is improving our communication to our families in a timely manner. Now, you know, absolutely nothing is going to be your child being able to text you on the spot. You know, as much as I believe that we've in, we've improved our communication over the last two years or so, um, of course, nothing is going to be your student being able to text you on the spot. So that being said, we will continue to improve our communication within our own school districts, making sure that we are getting information out in a timely manner to parents. But there were all these phones, these um, yonder pouches are simply un- unlocked using a magnet. And so there will be magnets in all of the high school buildings. There are nine buildings at the high school. There will be magnets, a few magnets in each building. Mm-hmm. So in the event of an emergency, a true emergency, uh, we will be able to unlock the student pouches and let them communicate with their families. Uh, we also visited another school district uh, that is close by that has that have, that is similar dif- demographics that have implemented yonder pouches, and they are reporting the same thing that. Um, really emergencies in schools aren't don't really take place that often. And so in the event, I think they had one emergency and they were able to unlock their students' phones so their students could can, could communicate with their right. with their families. And so our goal is uh, not only to um, improve our own Riverview Gardens community uh, communication to our parents, but also we will have magnets in all of the buildings and all cell phones will be able to be unlocked um, in order for students to pull out, pull the phones out of their pouches to be able to use if there is a true emergency. Right. If there's an emergency, if there is a educational need, Mm -hmm. we will have the ability to unlock those. And one thing to think about in emergencies, um, which of course we're going to give students access, but in an emergency situation, you really want the children paying attention to what the adults are saying to make sure they get to a safe place. If if something happens, uh, if there's an intruder in the school, you don't want all the students looking down at their phones or texting at that time. You need to get to a safe place. You need to follow directions. And then at that point, 
we can unlock the phones where they're able to use them. Uh, but like you said, the key is really to make sure that we have capable, effective communication with parents uh, so that if something happens that they know that their child is safe and we get that to them quickly. Right. And that's going to be important for parents. And I and I get that I am a parent and I do want to ensure my, my student is safe. I also want him paying attention to what's going on around him mm-hmm. if there is a true emergency. Right. Um, so we, we have improved our communication. We will continue to improve our communication with our community. And, and let me say again that there will be magnets in all of the nine buildings and we will be able to unlock phones if there is a true emergency within one any one of our schools. Now, can you talk a little bit about how the decision was come to move forward with this? Was this just Dr. Tanya Patton saying, yeah. hey, you no. know what? I'm tired of these phones. No. I'm going to get rid of them. No. How, how was that planning process? So we, again, we were looking at our suspension rate and we spoke with our secondary principals about what was causing this, what is causing our suspension rate. And oftentimes what we heard is social media and cell phones, cell phones and social media. And so um, we were just thinking, okay, what can we do? Um, and I actually happened to go to a concert where I had to put my phone in a yonder pouch. And I, you know, I was like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> but but I'm going to tell you what it allowed me to do. It allowed me to focus on the concert. It, I gave all my attention to the concert as opposed to taking pictures. And I was able to truly enjoy it and be in the moment. And oftentimes that's not the case. So we also did some surveys. We sent out a survey to our parents. We sent out a survey to our staff on their feelings about our cell phone policy and what could be done. What about yonder pouches? Could this be used? And what we found um, from the survey results is that, you know, when you look at, um, you know, a question is, do you think um, student learning, the cell phones is affected by student learning? And when you have about 90% of your parents saying yes, that's huge. 90%. 90%. of our parents said yes. Uh, some of them said probably, but when you combine those two, mm-hmm. that means that there is a feeling that the cell phones are disruptive to the learning environment. Um, and so we want to get our students back to learning. We are an inner city school district. It's an urban environment. And the education of these students just very important to their future. So we want to ensure we want to make sure that our community and our our school communities are focused on the learning piece. Um, and so we also did a survey with our staff and in their feelings about it, and we got the same results to that particular question. Eighty six percent of our our um, our our staff said that cell phones were disruptive to the learning environment. So this is not a, a, a Tanya Patton initiative. This isn't even a Dr. Joylin initiative. This is a, a thought out plan, working with our secondary principals, getting their input, and we will continue to meet with them and we will continue to devise a plan on how to implement this safely. Um, but we will move to a, a cell phone free schools. Um, again, that doesn't mean their students won't have the cell phones. They will have them. They will be in a pouch. It will be in their possession at all times. And the school will never take 
possession of it. But um, we have got to get our, our secondary schools as well as our elementary schools focused back on the reason these babies get up every morning. It is to come into school and get an education, not to take pictures of a fight, not to arrange pictures of a fight um, or take inappropriate p- pictures or videos. Um, it is to learn. And we have got to get our, our school communities focused on that. Right. And so uh, just important to point out, as you did, that our parents had a voice Absolutely. Uh, and that staff had a voice. And we talked to students as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, students, we expect that the first couple of weeks once we implement this is going to be a challenge for students Absolutely. because they're used to having those phones and having access to their social media, to their friends um, 24-7. And so it's going to be a big change what is the district doing to just deal with the emotional uh, challenge for scholars? So in planning for this process, I, you know, I reached out to several schools. Uh, one, there are two schools within um, the St. Louis County area that have implemented Yonder Bags, and I reached out to a couple of schools in other states. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of really talked about um what they saw, how they implemented theirs, what they saw um, upon implementing it. And one of the biggest things they said they saw was that the students was having an emotional reaction to not being able to access their phones. So they brought in more counselors and social workers um, to be able to support those students, and we will do the same. Our plan, um, the first few weeks of it, and as, as long as we um, the rest of the school year will be to have more counselors and social workers near and close to our students to be able to support them, making them understand that it's going to be okay, that they will keep their phones with them. There's a certain sense of taking the phone, which is one of the reasons we're not going to take their phones. We will give them the pouch. They will put their own phone in the pouch and they will seal the pouch, um, but they will they will be in um, constant connection with their phone. Now, the phones will be off, um, and so they're not ringing inside of the bags or vibrating inside of the bags. As you know, Ish, if, if you know, anytime we're in a meeting or um, our cell phone rings, it immediately grabs our attention and it takes right. us away from what we're doing and what we're talking about. Um, so understanding that they, there's an emotional attachment to their phones, we will make sure that we have counselors, social workers, and our restorative personnel on standby to help support all of our students. This is not uh, what what I think is important for parents to relay and for us to relay. This is not a punishment of any sort. This is how can we get our babies back to learning? How can we get them back focused on the educational environment? And so it's important that as this is communicated to our parents, as our parents are communicating to our, our students, this is not a consequence. This is not a, a punishment. Right. This is how do we get our environments back to learning? And so parents, I want you to know that your your communication of this will play a large role if you present it as something that's negative or something that is a punishment, that's how your student will receive it. But it's really not. We want to educate your babies. We want to get them back to learning. We want to make sure they're prepared for their future. So this is not a consequence. This is not a punishment. This is putting our attention in the learning environment on educating our students. All 
5,400 of them. Yeah, and you mentioned before, I think it was 65% uh, increase mm-hmm. uh, in academic performance yes. at some of the other schools that yes. have done it. Uh, you did mention punishment, and so I do want to touch on the fact that uh, there will be punishment for uh, students who do not um, follow the rules. This is going to be a, a rule that's going to be placed in policy. And so if I am a scholar and I say, you know what? I have two phones. I got a burner phone. I'm going to slide this burner phone in the bag. I'm going to keep my real phone mm-hmm. in my pocket or my sock or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the consequences for a student who is found with their phone in their possession? So we will not be searching our students. It is our hope that they put their own phone in the bag. We will check the the yonder pouches to make sure that 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 there is a phone in there. Uh, if a student decides to bring another phone and they've got it in their sock or their pocket, um, as long as they understand that that phone should not be seen. So if that phone is seen and it's being used throughout the school day, we will ask them for their phone. We will ask them to put it in. A, we will give them a yonder pouch to put it in. Should they refuse, there will be a consequence. Um, it can be anything from sending them back home for the day. Um, if there's a constant, um, if there's a constant violation of this school, this new school rule. As you said, it will be in policy. So it will be the school policy, not just something the school came up, the school district came up with. So there will be consequences. We are hoping that our parents will support us in this. In some of the meetings where we've talked about this, parents have been very supportive. So again, I'm, I'm going to uh, say to the parents, however you present it to your particular students uh, will make a huge difference. Uh, we don't want to give consequences. We don't want to send our babies home. We want to keep them in our schools. Um, but if they refuse to put their phone in a pouch or push back, they will be sent home. Um, it could result in a, a suspension. We are hopeful that it doesn't. But it, this this is the only way we can ensure that our rules are being followed. You know, it's it's just like, you know, there are rules within the community, stopping at a stop sign, stopping at a stoplight. Should right. you go past it, you may end up with a ticket. Right. And so that is your consequence. So we will be uh, there will be consequences. Um, mostly we'll focus around sending students back home for the day, uh, contacting the parent to let them know why the student is sent home, and hopefully the parent can encourage their own student to follow the school rules and put their phone in the pouch. What about taking the phone? You know, if it's discovered, taking it, having the parent come and pick that up. I know there was discussion on that. Is that, is that an option as well? It will be an option. So if, if we have to take a phone, we will definitely ask the student to put it in the pouch. Um, if the student refuse, we may take the phone and take it in the office for the parents to retrieve. But it is our hope that um, with the support of our community, with the support of our parents, that this will be uh, painless for our students, right. and we will be able to support them. Understand that we want to keep our students in school. Part of our uh, become becoming fully fully accredited is student attendance. So we don't want to send our students home. Right. However, 
we want to we want to get our our school environments back to uh, focusing on learning in the teaching environment. And so we need our parents' help. So parents, please, please, please explain this to your student. Again, this is not a consequence or a punishment. It is to focus on learning. However, should students refuse and continue to refuse, we will send them back home um, and possibly a suspension. All right, you heard it here, parents. Uh, So we're definitely asking for your support. Uh, with the yonder pouches, uh, we don't want to have to call parents and say, hey, you have to come and get your child or you have to come uh, to retrieve your child's phone. Uh, and so we're just asking for you to support us in this because, again, it's really about academics and improving learning uh, and making sure that, you know, we have an uh, an environment that's conducive to learning here at Riverview Gardens, like Absolutely. Dr. Patton said, so we can regain that full accreditation. Absolutely. And, and Ish, let me say a couple more things. So we will be, uh, this, this is due to be implemented after spring break at the high school. We will look to implement this at our secondary school, I'm sorry, at the middle schools next year. Um, we will send out a feedback form to our parents to provide feedback. We will be talking about this as much as we possibly can up to that time. Um, there is a meeting tonight that will be held at Gibson Elementary School. Um, we will be talking about yonder pouches there too, as well as many other things. So this will be fully communicated to our parents, and we invite their their feedback on the feedback form that we send out. Um, I do want to say that as I reached out to some of the other schools and talked to them myself, you know, what I've heard were things like this has been a game changer within our high school. There's been a huge reduction in suspensions due to fighting and social media issues. Students are more attentive. Grades are increasing. Students are engaging in conversations with each other more often. Uh, one of the one of the principals that I spoke to uh, said that this has been an absolute godsend for their district. So uh, they they even mentioned, you know, in the lunchroom, there's more conversations between uh, students because their face is not planted right. in their phones. And so um, if you if you look at a lot of the research, which we will share with our community, you will see that there's been a negative impact with cell phones and students, uh, just from younger children right. on up. Um, and so cell phones have just, while, while they do serve a purpose, they are important in our, in our community and our environment and in the world. Um, our educational environments have to be focused on educating our students. We are in business to graduate 100% of our students. We are in business to prepare them to become doctors and lawyers and teachers and whatever they want to be. Um, and so we've got to get their attention focused back on learning and growing and engaging with their teacher, engaging with their peers, and uh, and being able to graduate at the top of their class, right. uh, hopefully. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's funny you mentioned about lunch and, you know, just that um, community conversation. Uh, I went to one of the high school girls basketball game over the weekend, and I was talking to some of the players, uh, and they, they asked about the yonder bags because they've heard about it. They've heard the buzz. And one said, what am I going to do at lunch? You know, I'm that's, that's when I'm on my phone. And I said, Talk to other people. Talk to your friends. Make some new friends. And actually, you know what I think is just that if they do that, 
just in the conversation of getting to meet new people, it will be a reduction in fights, a reduction in physical altercations because I'm talking to you, I'm humanizing you and, and you and I can actually have a conversation. So, you know, when I was younger, a hundred thousand years ago, when I was in high school, (laughs) um, we didn't have that. And I I can tell you that I made many friends in high school Mm -hmm. uh, because my attention wasn't focused on my phone or different things or social media, different things like that. My, my attention was sitting with people I didn't know, being able to talk to them and get to know them, humanizing them. Right. And then if you're humanized, then I'm not going to want to hurt you. I'm not going to want to set you up for a fight. And so I think that uh, it's so interesting that a student will say, what am I going to do uh, during lunch when there's a, there's a lunchroom full of other kids right. that they can, they can speak with. Absolutely. So um, we, again, this is our, our only goal is to prepare these babies to be successful, period. period. And anything that we need to do to accomplish that a school district should be willing to do. What, what is it that our community needs? They need food. We're going to provide that. Oh, you need coats, shoes, socks. We're going to provide that. Uh, you need book bags, pencils. We're going to provide that. We need your attention in the learning environment. We're going to provide that right. too. So we have provided and will continue to provide our community with everything possible to make our students successful. And this is just another avenue um, that we're going to introduce to make them successful. All right. Well, I am sold on the Yonder Pouch. All right. Hand over Manhattan. your phone now. Hopefully. Let's put yours in the phone. Hey, I, I will give you this work phone right here. You can have no, we're, we are hopeful uh, that this, that this, uh, that the outcome of this is very positive. And while it may be hard on the front end, if we are consistent, if we keep our standards and we support our students through this process, we will get on the other side of it and it will be a routine, um, just like turning in homework, just like anything else they do in the environment, it will become routine and will be less than an issue. Absolutely. And uh, the results, the, the proof is in the pudding, as they say, as we've seen uh, other local districts and national districts who have seen very positive results with this. And that's something that we will share with the community, you know, as time goes on and we've implemented it, uh, we'll share that with the board. We'll share that with the community on what the results we're seeing. So, uh, and before you leave, <laughs> I have, wait, I want to, I want to put these uh, percentages out one more time. All right. 65% of schools saw an improvement in academic performance. 74% of schools saw an improvement in student behavior, and 83% of schools saw an improvement in student engagement in the classroom. Come on. Come Let's on. get our baby's attention focused back on learning. All right. So, students, you heard it. Throw them in the bag. I think that may be a theme of the Yonder Pouches. Uh, so, that's coming soon, again, after spring break, but we'll definitely get more information to you between now and and then. So I want to thank again, Dr. Tanya Patton for joining the Ramley Matters podcast. Uh, We try to drop an episode every week or so. So make sure you subscribe, follow. Uh, We're on every podcast platform that there is. So if you're not subscribing, make sure you subscribe today. Thank you. And we will see you next week. All right. Bye-bye.